doctor comes in and tells me, um, you're two centimeters dilated. At 17 weeks? At 17 weeks. Oh my god. I was like, um, how? I was like, can we just close it up or something? It's like, you know, we're going to have to send you to the hospital right away. Um, so we go to the hospital and they keep me there. They, they keep me, they examine me. The doctor comes and speaks to me and she says, you have two options. We can either abort the child, which I don't know why anybody would suggest that to me, but Mm -hmm. we can either abort the child or we can give, we can do surgery, which is called an emergency surclage Mm -hmm. and, um, try to give you, you know, the best, best chances possible. Hey everyone, it's Jem. Welcome to episode 10 of the I'm Still Standing podcast. In this episode, I reunite with a high school friend of mine that has literally been through what some would see as their worst nightmare. During a complicated pregnancy, Winnie is told to abort her baby, but she doesn't, and she gives birth to a beautiful baby boy. She continues to get unfavorable prognoses after the baby is born, which says he will never be able to develop properly or lead a normal life. But you know how our God is. He had something else in mind. So thank you so much for coming, Winnie. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Winnie was a friend in high school. We were just reconnecting. She looks exactly the same. You too. Exactly. Apart from the (laughs) (laughs) So do you mind telling us where you're from? Um, so born and raised in Montreal, um, moved to Toronto when I was about 12. Um, so most of my growing up has been done here. And then, like you said, we went in high school, grade nine, and then it's just been here ever since, really. Kind of moved around a little bit, but pretty much been here ever since, yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, I saw your story mostly on Facebook, mm-hmm. like little it's and bits of yeah. what was going on, yeah. and then you had invited me to your son's baby dedication, and then I yeah. heard the full testimony, and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. So, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you had your son in 2014, yes. about the pregnancy, and how that went? Absolutely. So, um, we had... You know, they put they put the fear of God in you when you're growing up. It's that if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And we, I had gotten married in two, 2011, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, 2011. <laughs> um, don't tell my husband. Don't <laughs> um, 2011. And um, I, we had like a, a pregnancy scare. And, and I got worried. I said, oh, but there's so many things that I want to do. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But then when I found out that I wasn't, I was disappointed. Um, then we started trying. And a year... Um, to the day that we had our scare and, you know, we went through the emotions of it all. And my husband said, you know, like we have to do this together. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want you to go through this by yourself. The year mark of us trying, that's when we found out that we were pregnant. So that was my mm-hmm. first, um, kind of nudge saying that, okay, like God is, is planning something for mm-hmm. me. Um, but the second we found out that we were pregnant that's when all the issues started (laughs) um we had already planned a trip to the states Mm -hmm. um that summer so we just carried on as normal we went and by the time we got there was july so i was already about four uh eight weeks pregnant i was bleeding oh wow so i called my mom i said oh my god i'm 
friends, but I'm out of the country. What do yeah. I do? She said, you know, just pray about it and leave it. Don't even worry about it. So you didn't go to the doctor? So I didn't go to the doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy. I tried to enjoy my trip as much as possible with morning sickness and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's ridiculous to have morning sickness when it's a thousand degrees outside. Yeah. But we managed. Um, came back and still I'm, I'm bleeding. And we ended up going to the doctors, the hospital back in Ontario. And he said, there's a little bit of a rupture in your, in your sack. So you need to just take it easy. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm trying to take it easy. Um, and I still go back to the doctors maybe like a few weeks later. And she said, the rupture seemed to have, you know, closed up. So, so you're okay, but don't do anything crazy. I would put you off work. Oh, okay. Because I work um, with young children. I work at a daycare. Um, they put me off of work right away, which was a blessing because I was getting tired. <laughs> I was getting really tired. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, in Quebec, when you work in... So I said I was in Ontario, but I actually lived in Gatineau, near Ottawa. Oh, okay. And in Quebec, when you work with young children, mm-hmm. because there are so many diseases that are easily contractable mm-hmm. from children, mm-hmm. they put you off work and they pay you 90% of your salary. So... Hold on. I was That's home. Great. Yes, yes. Okay. So I was home and I was getting paid. For being pregnant at about my 17th week mm-hmm. when everybody was getting ready to find out what are you having what are you having, what are you having? Yeah. we went to the doctors and this is where my everything kind of went like really 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 fast um we go to the doctors to find out the sex of the baby and the um, the technician who's doing the ultrasound um she gets really quiet and obviously they're not allowed to tell you anything yeah. but the panic is already there. Mm-hmm. She's telling us that we're having a boy, so we're happy, but at the same time, her quiet is is extremely alarming. Yeah. And she says, okay, I'm going to have to call the doctor in. Mm-hmm. Doctor comes in and tells me, um, you're two centimeters dilated. At 17 weeks? At 17 weeks. Oh, my gosh. I was like, um, how? And I'm like, can we just close it up or something? It's yeah. like, you know, we're going to have to send you to the hospital right away. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we go to the hospital and they keep me there. They they keep me, they examine me. I think by that time I'm like maybe 20 weeks. Yeah, about 20 weeks. Okay. Um, the doctor comes and speaks to me and she says, you have two options. We can either abort the child, which I don't know why anybody would suggest that to me, but mm-hmm. we can either abort the child or we can give, we can do surgery, which is called an emergency circlage. Mm-hmm. And, um, try to give you, you know, the best, best chances possible, but they're not, it's not a guarantee that you'll be able to keep your child. Mm-hmm. So obviously this, this is a no brainer. I'm not thinking about abortion at all. I'm already all in my emotions because you even just suggested yeah. that. And I said, we'll do the surgery. So things go quickly. Again, I have an epidural for the, the, um, the surgery. They blow up this little balloon inside of me to mm-hmm. push the sack up further up in my okay. in my belly and then they tie it up mm-hmm. kind of sew it up okay. and, it, and it feels just like a twisty tie when they removed it i saw it and it's just kind of like a little twisty tie about this okay. long wow. um to keep my to keep my uh i guess the passage mm-hmm. closed was there any risk to you there was no there was no risk to me but obviously i had to be as i guess rested as possible mm-hmm. so i'm resting i'm in the hospital recovering from the surgery and I called my landlord, um, where we were living at the time, and I told her, listen, there's a lot of complications with my pregnancy. 
if we lose the baby, I'll be leaving and going back to live with my parents for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but if the baby comes out healthy, then we'll leave, but a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And maybe some people said, oh, that was so mean, but I call it a blessing. She said, it might be better if you find somewhere else to live now. So wow. I call my sister. Wow. Yes. yes. That, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. I call my sister in tears and I said, oh, I don't know what to do. She's like, you know, when you, when you don't make decisions, life makes decisions for you. I'm coming on Friday. She rented a van, grabbed two of my friends and came and moved me out of my apartment in that same night. Oh my gosh. So we drive back down to Toronto. We went to my parents' house. I get followed at Mount Sinai um, very closely by the doctor. Mm -hmm. I have to go there twice a week. And then we, they reduced it to once a week. But Were you about, on bed rest? I was on bed rest. Um, my, my mom and my grandfather would not even allow me to go up and down the stairs. It, it was that, mm. you know, everybody was that worried. Um, but, it, but in all this, you know, like when, you, when you're brought up in, in a Christian household, there's always like a song that you hear playing mm -hmm. in your head. And um, at all times, it was I surrender all. It's always it always goes back to that one, you know. It's it always goes back to those old songs that our moms and our grandmas used to sing yeah. all the time. So, I I that's always in the back of my head. And we went to the hospital at twenty four weeks. Twenty four weeks, I go to the hospital, and she said, "Your the lining is thinning out. Wow. We don't like they don't know how fast it's going to thin out, mm -hmm. and if I'm going to even have time to reach the hospital if I go into labor." So they said, we can send you home mm -hmm. and just kind of wait it out, or we can keep you in the hospital. Obviously, I'm going to choose to stay in the hospital. Yeah. I don't want to risk anything. We lived in Whitby, Mount Sinai is downtown. Oh, yeah. Said, I'm not traveling 45 minutes mm -hmm. in labor. It's not happening. Um, I get steroid shots, steroids shots sorry, at 25 weeks to help with the development of his lungs. I, um, I get... Um, two shots, I guess, a week to make sure that I don't get blood clots in my legs because I'm not moving, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on bed rest. Mm -hmm. And then at 27 weeks, they're like, oh, you know, it's not thinning out as fast as we thought. You're okay to go home. Okay. Because at, I think the, um, the cutoff is 26 weeks um, is where the, the fetus is most like, uh, viable. Like they would be able to take care of it. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'll go home. <laughs> I go home and literally... At the, I guess, the onset of my 28th week, mm -hmm. I'm having contractions. My sister's like, oh, they're Braxton Hicks. You're mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm bleeding. So no, I'm not okay. Go to the Ajax hospital. And she gives me this pill, which I had no idea what it was, but it's to stop the contractions. Okay. And she's like, you should be okay. But if you keep bleeding, come back. Mm -hmm. We go home. But literally two hours later, I'm still bleeding. So I said, I don't care. We're going back. Yeah. We go back and she's like, yeah, we're going to transfer you downtown. Mm -hmm. Ambulance and doctors oh, wow. in the ambulance with me. We're flying down. My husband doesn't know what to do at this point. Yeah. Um, and he just rushes downtown. And then we get to the hospital. We get to Mount Sinai. And you know the monitor they put on your belly? Yeah. So... They put the monitor on my belly, but I don't have a big belly. Don't, don't forget. I'm only 27 yeah, ish sure. weeks. Um, they put the monitor on my belly and they put it way up there. And I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not that big. 
I'm feeling the contractions down here. Mm -hmm. Oh, but it's okay. This is where we have to put it. I was like, but it's not going to record anything on the machine. And exactly that. It's not recording anything on the machine. My husband is getting frustrated. He's like, just put the monitor down there. No, we have to put it up here. So I'm clinging on to the bed with every contraction that comes. I'm losing my mind. He's losing his mind. Nobody wants to listen to us. Finally, a day goes by. And in the meantime, they come and they check me, um, you know, to make sure that the cerclage is still in place. Mm-hmm. They come and check me. A day goes by. That was my first day of being in labor. Second day goes by. Finally, there's shift change. My husband's like, can we please just put the monitor down yeah. there? Mm-hmm. They put the monitor down low. All the contractions are showing up on oh here. And it's gosh. going crazy. Finally, they're like, okay, let's move you into another room. Great. Move me into another room. I'm thinking, okay, you know, now they're going to do something. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do, you know, pain control. So they're giving me some medication to kind of ease the pain. But I was trying also to not have the epidural because I had had just had one for the yeah. surgery for mm-hmm. the cerclage, right? Mm-hmm. But what can you do? You're in pain, you're in pain. I yep. can't, and I have a very low threshold for pain. pain. I thought serious. it is serious. It's serious very pain. serious. Um, my sister comes and visits. My, my husband is staying with us, with, with me at the hospital. And finally, I'm just, okay, fine. I'll just take the epidural. Call the, uh, the anesthesiologist, who is a resident. So he's not, well, not to say that he was incompetent, yeah. but I just felt maybe in hindsight mm-hmm. that he might not have been the best person to do it at this time. Mm-hmm. And he had to poke me twice, number one. And second thing is it froze only half of my body. Oh my gosh. So yes, so I could feel practically everything and my back was completely sore. I I could barely move my shoulders. So imagine I'm having contractions, I'm in pain, half of my body is is numb and I have back pain. Not only that, the the film that they put in to keep the the epidural in place is is I don't know if I'm reacting to it, but it's very itchy. I oh, can, and I you felt I can it. feel it, and I can't scratch and I can't move because I'm in so much pain. Oh, no. So, it it was just a horrible experience. The epidural in itself was just horrible. Um, so this is day two ish and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't eat. How can you tell a pregnant woman not to eat? But I guess that's you know that's that's how it goes. And the nurse that came in. Um, early, early in the night on my second mm-hmm. day, um, she comes up to me and she says, when was the last time you got out of bed? I was like, I've been in this bed for two days. And she's like, so you haven't, nobody's come and like giving you a shower or anything. And I was like, no, she's like, okay, because I'm smelling something. And she's like, I don't want to offend you, but I'm smelling something really bad. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. She's like, I'm going to give you a sponge bath. Are you okay with it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've been in bed for two days. Please yeah. do. So she gets in there and she's washing me, you know, all even, you know, like my private parts and, and everything. And I was like, wow, it takes, it takes a lot of, uh, um, humility to do something like that. And that's where I thanked her. I said, thank you so much because I like literally I've been sitting in this bed for two days and I haven't been able to do anything. Um, but after she gave me that sponge bath, she was like, I still smell something. Mm. She's like, something is not right. She wow. calls the doctors, the doctors come in, they, they check me, but not with the wand, you know, like there's a wand that they can do the ultrasound. They just kind of 
sorry for the graphics, but they kind of just good. put two fingers in, yeah. and they come out, and there's there's blood everywhere. Oh my gosh. Why? The cerclage, which is, like I said, the little yeah. twisty tie, is tearing through me, because I'm having contractions. Oh my I've gosh. I've been having contractions for the past two days. So it's tearing through me. Mm. Slowly but surely, they're like, okay, we have to take it out. They take it out within two minutes. So nobody was, checked this before? No, nobody this checked it before. Oh my god. Within within two minutes, I was like at four to five centimeters dilated. So mm-hmm. they said, okay, but we're going to wait. Because don't forget now, I'm only at 28 weeks yeah. and like a day, twenty yeah, 28 weeks and two days. And they said, we have to wait as long as possible. Yeah. But the smell is not going away. So they're thinking, okay, you have an infection. Your placenta is getting infected. Oh if we don't God. rupture your waters, if we don't break your water now, baby is going to get infected. I said, okay, well, you know, like break the water. What are you waiting for? Yeah. So they're like, oh, is there anybody you want to call? At that point, I had sent everybody home to go shower. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be okay. So your husband wasn't there. My husband wasn't there. My sister had gone back to school. My mom took her flight and she left. Oh, my, wow. my mom was out of the country. Finally, they're like, no, we have to do this now. They break the water within five minutes. He was here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I pushed, but within five minutes, he was here. And so finally he came out. I heard him cry, which was great. Head full of hair. I was happy. They gave, they let me kiss the baby, but he barely left my lips and they rushed him off. Mm-hmm. They rushed him off and I got to see him maybe an hour later. And all I can remember and... I'm, I'm happy that it happened, but at the same time, sometimes I, I, I get upset when I think about it. Yeah. My husband was taking a video and I kept telling him, turn off the camera. Like, let's be in the moment yeah. because we don't know how much, you know, how long we have with him. Mm-hmm. But now that I look back at the videos, I'm, I'm happy to have them. Um, and I remember saying to him, I said, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to cry. I said, I'm okay. so sorry. My body couldn't keep you in any longer. I'm so sorry. I was devastated. I said... You know, like, this is what we've been waiting for so, mm-hmm. for so long. And it, it didn't happen the way it normally happens. It wasn't your fault. And, 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 you know? And, and I know it wasn't my fault, but it's it's your body, right? The body is supposed to have a, you know, gestation period of nine months. I was barely seven months. I was going into yeah. my seventh month. Oh my gosh. So it was... Um, yes, it was, it was definitely... It was definitely stressful, um, but um, there's a song that my mom used to sing to us when we were kids, and it's in French, but um, it's basically Psalm 121, so mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even say it in, in English because say I, it I don't know. Okay, it's so, all good. Um, Je lève mes yeux vers les montagnes, d'où me viendra le secours? And it's a song that I used to sing, even while he was still in my belly, I used to sing it to him mm-hmm. every night. So, um, being beside his bed, I did not leave his bed, um, day in or day out. How long was he in? He was in the NICU. So yes, he was in the NICU. Um, they they even called him the tourist of hospitals because after birth, it didn't end there. Mm. You know, the complications didn't didn't end there. Mm. Um, he, although he was breathing on his own, Mm -hmm. um, they still decided to put him on, to put the mask on him just to give him... Um, I guess to get let him rest and not worry so much about breathing and let you know his body kind of figure out the rest, right? Mm-hmm. So he was on the CPAP machine, and he had to be in the incubator, and obviously he had jaundice. Jaundice, mm-hmm. you know, is is a a thing. I guess all babies go through it, um, but his jaundice was getting so bad 
that they had to poke him almost every day to get blood to figure right. out what was wrong. And in all this, obviously, the social workers are coming, you know, they send the psychologist and everything, and they're like, oh, you know, he might develop some type of um, disabilities and learning disabilities, or he might not hmm. develop completely and, and all of that. And I said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens at this point, I know for sure because we're here, right? Yeah. So God will give me the resources I need to figure it out. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't want to hear disabilities. I don't want to hear whatever it is. God will deal with it. So and how did you, you keep, like, with from the time of your pregnancy with the doctor saying one thing, after he was born with everybody saying one thing, how did you keep your faith strong? You know, it's... How did it's, your husband do it? It's, it's really because of my grandma. My grandma is a very, like, she's the pillar of, of the family. And she's a, like, she's a, a prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. um, very much a woman of faith. And it was to her that I would go to every time I had a, an issue. Um, my mom just became so emotional that it mm -hmm. was hard to, to go through that without bursting into tears mm -hmm. every time. Um, and every time we spoke, my grandma and I, the, the one thing that always came of our conversations was whatever God's will is. We always, sometimes we tend to pray and say, God, I want this or yeah. do this or do that. And we forget that he has a plan, right? So my thing was with him was whatever it is you choose to do, you let me know. And yeah. I know you're going to give me the tools that I need to, to deal with it. You want to take him, take him. He was yours to begin with, mm -hmm. but give me the tools to cope with it because it's not going to be easy. You're gonna give him to me and he's gonna have issues fine give me the tools to be able to deal with it and i and I, wow. I i wouldn't put it past him i would god is not gonna set you up for for failure he's not gonna give you something that you can't handle right yeah for sure so that was really my that was my conversations with god on the day so you trusted him i oh. i really really trusted him to the point where like i said i even said if you're taking him take him mm -hmm. i'm okay because like i said i knew he was yours um, I just need, you know, for you to give me the, you know, the little, the little tool wrench, the little hammer, whatever it is, the tools yeah. that I need to, to kind of push me through it because this was my first child. This mm. was a child that I've been wanting, you know, that I had dreamt about, you know, and, um, because my, and this is a bit of a parallel because my sister was sick. Um, mm. and I wanted to have, be able to help my sister, but everybody was telling me, oh, but you haven't had a child yet. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And I said, not who cares, but I mean, if I have to choose between my sister and a child that I may or may not have, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to go with, with my sister. Mm. Um, and that, that you're alluding to your sister having kidney yes, disease and having... wanting to help with that. Exactly. And we're going to talk to her soon. Yes. But how yeah. is um, your son doing now? My son is two years old and he turned two in December, December 10th. And he is the biggest pest I've ever met. <laughs> you would never, ever, 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 ever know that he was born at two pounds, ten ounces. You wouldn't. Two pounds. Two pounds, ten, ten ounces. ounces. You could, oh you could hold him in, in the palm of your hand. Yeah. I remember, I remember around Christmas time, he was still in the hospital. And I was so set on taking a picture with Santa. And, mm -hmm. but we, and I ha I made the nurses take off all, you know, his mask and everything because he could breathe on his own. And I have a picture of me holding his little body beside Santa's beard. And, and, and I look back on the picture and I was like, what was I thinking? What did I do that for? But it's a memory that I have and that I'll have for, forever. 
but he is a ball of energy i i love him to death every time i i take the time to look into his eyes i cry because to know everything that he's gone through wow. and like i said you know like the being born early was one thing but then he developed this disease called neck um mm -hmm. necrotizing intercolitis so it's part oh, of your yeah. intestines basically that dies oh, um and they thought that it was either because they were feeding him too much milk at the hospital too fast yeah. so he was um there was blood in his stool and you oh can die gosh. from from that and you're so small at two pounds how are you oh even God. able to process yeah. that much that much food so but god has definitely blessed me because i was producing a lot of milk a lot of milk and so much milk that he, i think like i was able to freeze some and he had some up until his first birthday although oh. he stopped breastfeeding at nine months um and people kept asking me, oh my goodness, how is he so, so thick and so healthy? I said, breast milk and Jesus. That's all it is. Breast milk is amazing. It, it really it, is. It's it, amazing. It, 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 was a, it was literally a godsend. It was planned that way by God. That I was able to give him breast milk up until his first birthday. I would bring him milk while he was at the hospital. Mm -hmm. The first He was in the hospital for two months okay. after birth. So mm -hmm. he came home February 4th. Um, so this February 4th that just passed, we celebrated as, mm -hmm. you know, his coming home. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those, those dates will always mark me, um, you know, like the 20 week mark. Whenever I see somebody who's pregnant and they're past their 20th mark, I was like, okay, I can breathe through now. Yeah. I'm, I'm safe. You're mm -hmm. safe. Um, mm -hmm. December 10th is his date of birth. But March 3rd is the date that he was supposed to be born. Oh. So um, when... Wow. So he was home before... And that that's actually... I've never that really heard of that before. Happens. No. Yeah, I haven't yeah. really heard that before. When, when he was in the NICU still, the little girl that was beside him had been there for 115 days. Oh my gosh. And she was born at a, at a higher birth weight than he was, had none of the complications that he had, and yet was still in the NICU. So I said, how, how is that not a miracle that my son was able to go home at five, five point six, five pounds, six ounce. Mm -hmm. And this little girl has to go home on oxygen oh after 115 days. Wow. You know, I was, it, it's, it's been a blessing and he mm -hmm. hasn't stopped blessing us since then. Since. Yeah. And then, and it's not saying that this other little girl doesn't deserve no, healing. No, absolutely But not. something that is interesting about mm -hmm. um, being a believer is that mm -hmm. we could, the faith and the restoration and the fullness that God promises absolutely. us, we could believe yes. into that and pray into that specifically for absolutely. that healing. Exactly. And those miracles that we know are already ours. Yes. So that, that, makes, a, that makes a difference when you're absolutely. a child of faith, right? Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. Absolutely. I remember going back to... The last hospital that he was at was at Oshawa and he had to have an eye exam and we went, I think it was, he was maybe 11 months mm -hmm. and I, I walked into the NICU and I saw all these parents in the, in the little waiting area worried, you know, with the normal worried look on their face and I said, I have to say something. So I have, I have Elliot on my arm and I go in and I said, Guys, I know this is stressful, and I don't know any of these parents, but I, I felt like I had to yeah. say something because of Elliot's story. I said, I know this is stressful, but this is what hope looks like. Oh. This is what hope looks like. And I just held out Elliot, uh, you know, like at the oh Lion King. Uh, but yes, so this is what hope looks like. Do not be afraid to resort, to not to resort, but to, to let go and, 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 and just give everything over to God. 
because he won't fail you. He wow. will not fail you. I said, this is what hope looks like. You're okay. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I wrapped up my little bundle and I left. And I said, wow. if, if that was able to help at least one of those parents, then I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Because it's so emotional. This is your child. This is, there's nothing, there's nothing worse as a parent than seeing your child suffering. You can't do anything. There's nothing worse. There's, that is the worst feeling ever. There's nothing worse. Ever. Even just like now, he has a little cough. He has a runny nose. I look at him, I'm like, I wish I could take it from you, dude. But I, I like, mm -hmm. I can't, you have to go through it. But in the NICU two pounds, 10 ounce, you know, this big wires coming out of everywhere. When I look at that picture, I can't look at it too long because it, it brings me back and, yeah. it, and it's just too much. But when I look at him now and he's running and he's talking and, um, <laughs> he's, he's really, really smart. Um, he's starting to do things that I didn't realize, you know, like a toddler would be doing mm -hmm. so soon. Um, and although the doctors for him, for the doctors, like I said, he just, for the doctors, he turned two in March, yeah. but he really turned two in December. Um, so cognitively he's there. Wow. So all these things that they're telling me about, he's going to have learning disabilities. Yeah. I don't hear it. Mm -hmm. I don't hear it. Cause to me, whatever learning disability he may or may not have, we'll deal with it. Yeah. We'll deal with it. And God as brought said, us here. We'll yeah. Deal with it. God's brought you guys this yeah, far. We'll deal He'll with give it. you the tools if that even happens. Exactly. Right? So why worry about something that I don't even And I'm believing with you that it won't exactly. even get there. I don't but... think it's gonna happen. It's fine. Yeah. But devil, give me your best shot. Give me your best shot. Because I don't believe that God had intended for Elliot not to be here. He's here. He's here. So Exactly. So oh my I'm gosh. Here. And you're here. Yeah. And during all of this your sister was going through a health scare and then we're gonna talk about that yes. we're gonna take a little break and then okay. bring her yes. so we can talk about that because that is a whole other thing that was going on at the same time you know time. what they they i heard some something uh, not too long ago and said that god gives the biggest battles to his strongest soldiers there's no lie in that no lie because after when we go through that story it's just yeah, God brings you to it. He'll bring you through it. I know it sounds corny and I know cheesy, it's cliche, but it's, but it's so I really true. hope you yeah. enjoyed this episode. And if you did, share it with someone who would benefit from the message. Also, remember to subscribe so you can get this podcast goodness downloaded automatically. And check out our website at imstillstandingseries.com if you want to just shoot me an email or if you want to apply to be a featured guest on our show. And remember, where there is life, there is hope. Stand tall On top of thorny paths I do my heart lies But I'm standing I'm standing tall I'm standing I'm standing tall